Welcome back to Scouring the Depths, the show where we delve deep into the dark, endless, feverish chasm known as heavy music. My name is Joseph. And I'm Nathan. And we are your hosts. And this is the time where we say goodbye to 2022. Um, I mean, we already have technically, but I mean, 2022 in, in, in metal. 2022, where did you go? Where did you come from? Where did you go? <laughs> we're, <laughs> we're not going we're gonna, down that We're going to stop that right, we're gonna right there. Hard stop. <laughs> um, 2022, um, yeah, what a year uh, has been for, for metal. Um, it's, been, it's been a journey, and uh, I'm excited to uh, honestly revisit all of these records and then also discover a lot of new ones, and um, both you know, from Joseph's list, my own, and also people who are listening right now, um, we'd love to hear your, your, your top 20, um, or yeah. even your top five. Cause obviously today we're doing our top five, but right. yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, absolutely. Uh, you can let us know over at scouring pod on Instagram and on Twitter. Um, yeah. Give us a follow, uh, when this goes up. Uh, comment with uh, what your album of the year was and uh, what your thoughts are on on how uh, we uh, went with our lists and etc but yeah um, I feel like now we're kind of in that moment where it's like okay we're we're done with 2022 let's focus on the year to come because it's uh, it's a very promising one from Mm -hmm. what we've seen announced so far and already some of the stuff that we've heard so yeah it's an exciting time for sure yeah absolutely i'm excited for the year um by the time this is out um there's going to be some some great records that january has already produced we've we're yeah. really fallen in love with ahab's new record yeah um the coral tombs yeah um, so yeah it's probably the first like really amazing album of the year it's really uh, set the standard, <clears throat> and uh, yeah, really excited to see how it all plays out. Yeah, and uh, yeah, we'll <clears throat> stay tuned. Uh, obviously, we'll have albums in between that where we have mentioned kind of some of our, our favorites of, of the week, and uh, yeah, got a lot of things going on. Yeah, So, and stay tuned for the end of this episode because we will be announcing what we'll be doing next, <gasps> of course. Mm-hmm. So, um, I guess you want to recap our 10 through 6? Sure. Yeah. Yeah, let's do that. So, um, our 10 through 6, what we just talked about last time, um, my number 10 was Disillusion, by, um, the, the, the band Disillusion, with the album Ayam. The number 9 is Kardashev, with their album Liminal Right. Number 8 was Wilderun, with Epigon. Number 7 was Gyrea with Mirage. And number six was Holy Fawn with Dimensional Bleed. All right. <clears throat> my number 10 was Autonosis with Moon of Foul Magics. My nine was Vanum Legend. Eight, I had Chat Pile, God's Country. Mm. Seven, Deva through Sheer Will and Black Magic. And my number six was Faceless Burial. At the foothills of Deloration. All right. And now we're here for the top five. Mm-hmm. We're at the peak. 
We're at the top of the mountain. It's getting hard to breathe up here. Yeah. Is that, a, is that a reference <laughs> to like the song or something? Probably. It sounds like <laughs> sounds like some pop song that we would... Honestly, I wish we could insert, but we were going to get copyrighted if we did that. Yeah. The cereal companies are going to come for us after last time. Mm. Um, so, yeah. We don't... We can't name drop brands anymore. Yeah. We don't want all that smoke. Because, yeah. But... With this, uh, with that all fun stuff being out, said out of the way, I think we're it's time for us to talk about our top five. Mm-hmm. So, with number five from myself, I chose my favorite black metal record of the year, and that is White Ward with False Light. Mm-hmm. Um, this is a band I remember back when Futility Report came out, um, their first record. Uh, a few years ago. In fact, I actually remember walking into a record store with you, finding that record and being like, Joey, you need to hear this record, this band. Yeah, I remember that too. Yeah. And I'm like, this band is great. I discovered them on Bandcamp back in the day. And uh, yeah, so far they've only put out incredible records since. Um, they're a, a black metal band that has kind of um, some post-metal shoegazy... <laughs> sounds but they also have a saxophone player yeah so it's got some jazz elements to it as well um so it's a really unique sound that um i can't really say i know any other bands that sound like them yeah not uh not entirely no i mean there's there might be elements like i know that uh shining um Black Jazz, that that record in particular, really kind of put that black metal and jazz on the on the map. Yeah. But um, yeah, I really really like how White Ward is has has changed their sound throughout each record that they put out, because each record of theirs is is, is almost like its own entire piece, and almost like the band reforms its identity in a weird way uh, each and every time they do this. So talking about False Light, um, I love the album cover. Reminds me of Days of Heaven you've seen that movie oh yeah um but you know this is a record that is 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 quite unique because um like i said before we've talked about a lot of black metal records in in the past uh, in the top 20s for both of us um but this is a band that um you know has a lot of pretty extreme moments uh but also has a lot of of, of elements to where their their atmosphere and their breathing room really plays a big critical role to why this band really you know shines um you know a, a particular moment of this record uh, you know without really j- diving into every single track that i just absolutely adore and it's probably my favorite record on the entire album is chronos chronos which is uh, track number six, which is like almost dead center near the end, kind of. Yeah. Um, but it starts off with like <clears throat> almost like a Depeche Mode. Yeah. Style song. Yeah. <laughs> and then it just it then it just descends into the black metal territory because you just hear the and then like and then you hear the blast beats and then the guitar work and then the black metal vocals come kick in. But like I was saying earlier with that like Depeche Mode kind of 80s you know almost synth yeah kind of music you know you'll get from that type of style it it is something so unique that i've never really heard 
you know, I don't know how to describe it, but it is just such a treat listening to this record because it's one of those ones that, like, just like with a lot of the records I've mentioned, these are these are ones that need to settle. You need to listen like to the whole thing. Yeah, kind of flows in a way right. that really just it rewards a listen like that. Yeah. So yeah, White Ward, False Light. Um, do you have much else to say? I know you've mentioned it before. Yeah, um, <clears throat> it's an honorable mention of mine. Definitely one of the best black metal albums of the year. Um, and yeah, there's a, a lot of bands that have been, you know, using like saxophone in their in their music, but I don't think anybody really does it quite like this band does, um, or as well. It's, yeah. And just like, it's like a seamless kind of blend. Like it just like, it doesn't seem like something that would make sense, but the way that they do it, it just really does. Um. It's like a noir, almost. Right, yeah. Especially on their last one as well, uh, Love Exchange Failure. Mm -hmm. But yeah, uh, really great band. I know they've probably been through a lot with them being from Ukraine. Yeah, right. Um, I'm sure a lot of those feelings probably inform this album to an extent. I'm not sure when it was made, but yeah. Yeah. yeah, it's a great one. It's definitely uh, an essential for this year. Yeah, I highly recommend it, and, and uh, that's my number five. So check out White Ward if you've not heard them. Yeah. All right, my number five. All right, this is my favorite death metal album of 2022. And this has been a really great year for death metal, as I have mentioned before. Um We've talked about some really great young up-and-coming bands uh, in our lists and honorable mentions that play this style, but uh, when it came down to who really hit it out of the park the most this year, for me personally, I had to hand it to some OGs. And of course, those OGs I'm talking about are none other than Immolation, acts of god um quite simply immolation are just one of my favorite death metal bands period so i mean of course uh, a new record from them is going to be pretty high on my list but aside from that um it's just kind of amazing to me like how long this band has been around mm-hmm. and they still have not lost uh like even a fragment of their intensity, uh, their speed, their complexity, it's all still in there. It's all maybe even more. <laughs> they found a way to like get even heavier at times, which we is can, we can say that because we just saw them. Yeah, we just saw them play with <laughs> Cannibal Corpse, which we mentioned before. But um, yeah, and like seeing them play some of these songs live really like hit home just how good of an album this was um but aside from that like being a fan of this band and thinking that they have no bad albums under their belt at all um i still feel like acts of god is easily like in their top five for me personally um yeah they just showcase everything that they do well but they manage to be even more intense just be even more heavy than ever before um 
this album feels like it's more memorable than some of their previous stuff, uh, in my opinion. But yeah, I think it's easily the best thing that they've done since Majesty and Decay. And you could even say that it might be the best thing that they've done since Unholy Cult, which I mean, they're just one of those bands that like, however you order their discography, however you, however your preferences are, I mean, it's, yeah, there's no like wrong way about it. But yeah, for me personally, this just ranks really high up there with some of their best material ever. So yeah, that's Immolation. Acts of God, uh, an incredible band. Uh, every release of theirs feels like an event, as it should, and uh, I feel like this album is a good example of why that is. Yeah, um, this album slays. I mean, I've only heard it a couple times myself, and obviously having seen them, you know, made this a lot more of a treat. Um, but yeah, I, I'm just excited to check this out again. Uh, it's it's something that you know I I'm actually not as familiar with Emulations like discography, uh, I've heard albums here and there, but it's not something I've really delved too deep into. Yeah. So I'm I'm super excited to to give this one a listen to, and then also just listen to you know their past work. Really, so <clears throat> it's uh it's always a treat to to go into their catalog. I've I've run through chronologically their albums a few times now and. It's always fun, and it's always just like, damn, all of these are fucking great. <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah. yeah. Well, um, I think we're going to head to number four to probably one of the um, most emotional records on this entire um, entire year period, and one that I didn't expect to actually come out at all. Yeah. Because this is a band that I, I thought was just gone and done. And I think Joey already knows kind of where I'm going. And I'm talking about the band Cave-In with Heavy Pendulum. Mm-hmm. And um, so Caleb Schofield, who um, was the lead singer of this band, um, unfortunately passed away a few years ago. Um, and, you know, the, the future of this band, like I said, is kind of kind of up in the air. Uh, I do know that a few years ago, um, Isis, who is a, a really big friend of the band um uh, all those members they all grew up together they all were in the same music scene yeah um headlined uh as caleb schofield like like a remembrance concert in in los angeles which i would really wish i was able to go uh because it was just like a bunch of post-hardcore post-metal you know all this the celebration of of you know this band um and this man really um, and then also seeing Isis, which is one of my favorite bands of all time, who doesn't exist anymore, all come together to do something like this. Um, you know, that is something that is really, truly special. Um, but now going back to Heavy Pendulum, like I said, I, I did not expect this album to come out. Yeah. Um, and, uh, but yeah, we have, um, you know, uh, some different uh, vocals come in um, from various people. Um, but at the same time, it is a band that um, almost has its guns a-blazing, uh, almost a renewed vigor um, to it and a renewed sound. Uh, Caven's a band that, if you are familiar with them, they're pretty all over the map. Um, yeah. They're an alternative rock band, I would say, mostly. 
Yeah. And um, in the earlier days, they were more in like metal, like metallic hardcore, akin to Converge. Right. Yeah, and but a little bit more cleaner too. Like yeah. you can you could sing along to their songs. It's a little bit more like that. Um, and until lately, you know, I feel like with Heavy Pendulum in particular, it's like it's got some of those sing along moments, but it's also got some of that sludgy, like sludge uh, metal uh, that didn't really, th- I didn't think that they would ever sound kind of like, but um, it's got a groove to it. It's got, um, it's got something that is like punch you kind of in the, in the, in the stomach, but it also like will like make you headbang. Yeah. Um, and I, I don't know, there's a lot of things going on for it and it's really kind of hard for me to really kind of put into words why this album works so, so well. Um, but yeah, like I said, it's, it's just really something that, um, has a, a really good balance um, to the music itself, plus the fact that you know this is something that almost feels like it shouldn't have happened, and unfortunately things like that, you know, will lead to something that is brilliant like this. Yeah. Um, but I, I'm just I'm so happy that uh, this is was able to come out. Um, you know, kind of feeling like a, a nice like old man gloom. Uh, mixed with like uh, <laughs> high on fire, mixed with cave in, and and all these different things that are are coming in together uh, to make sure that something like this is truly special. It is probably like I said, the most emotional album of the year, um, and you can definitely hear it in in all seventy minutes of this. Yeah. So, yeah. Do you have anything else to say? Do you have anything to say about cave in? Well, <clears throat> I do. But not yet. Dun dun dun. Dun dun. Alright. Well, that's that's a little bit of a foreboding thing. I expected yeah. this actually already. So expected I expect our top our top five to have a couple of uh I'll I'll mention that later. <laughs> yeah. Well. But we we'll see. Shall. We shall see. Are you ready for number four? <laughs> <laughs> Aye, aye, Captain. Um, my number four is another album that I think kind of goes beyond categorization. Um, it's probably the scariest thing I've heard this year. Just, like, completely unnerving and just, like, yeah, just uh, just really creepy. But I knew from the first time I heard this back in February of last year that it was a really special album and a completely singular one and this one is by a band called Ava Turn and the album is called The Ailing Facade and basically Ava Turn if I were to give like some sort of a elevator pitch on what these guys sounded like I would say they are dissonant death metal sort of like imperial triumphant but instead of being influenced by jazz the way that that band is avaturn is more influenced by industrial and avant-garde music and experimental stuff um but that definitely doesn't give them complete justice because yeah they sound like just completely unlike anything out there (laughs) um yeah uh i heard this thing and just was utterly captivated by it and also just kind of freaked out by it 
Um, I know you were just talking about Isis, uh, and the vocals on this definitely remind me a lot of like Aaron Turner a little yeah. bit, um, which is very interesting. But yeah, um, this album just has like a sort of like urban feel to it, sort of like Imperial Triumphant, like I had mentioned. Um, so it just like really paints like this whole picture of like this vision that they have for the world. And uh, yeah, it's a very dark and unsettling one, but it's one that I would find myself just thinking about all the time, even if I hadn't listened to it in a long while. Um, yeah, it's one that just definitely really gets under your skin. And uh, I love when music is like that, um, when it can be like really thought provoking and uh, kind of discomforting at times. And um, yeah, if anyone out there is in the mood for something that is a little different, <clears throat> I highly recommend this album, Ava Turn, The Ailing Facade. Uh, that's my number four. Damn. I haven't heard this, um, but it, it sounds it sounds delightful. Yeah. Yeah, it's, uh, like I said, it came out of the, towards the beginning of last year, so it's one that could easily get sort of lost underneath everything else that would come after. But, yeah, it's definitely one that really stuck with me uh, all this time, really. And, um, yeah, I think deserves all the acclaim in the world. And I think this project is made up of band, of members from other bands. Um, so I don't know if this is like sort of like a one-off kind of a thing, but I definitely hope that they continue because I uh, really love their sound and I hope we get more of it. Yeah. Well, I'm excited. Um, but now we're tied to our top three. Yeah. All we're, right. We are ascending. We're almost there. Um, yeah, we're we're in the altitude where uh, we can kind of feel our lungs collapse, but it's okay because we know in our hearts that we've uh, we've uh, we've scaled the. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I, I was gonna say I don't know how long Joe Joe's gonna do this, um, but he kept going. Uh, I but I to, love it. I had to bail on that. <clears throat> well, don't worry. You you had your heart in the right place. And speaking of heart, I think this album that I'm going to talk about on number three um, is probably the most relaxing and, and the brightest spot in, in the, the albums I'm going to be talking about today. Uh, and then this whole top 20. And I'm talking about um, the shiny, bald, funny man himself, <laughs> Devin Townsend, uh-huh. and his album Light Work. Um, man, so I've been a fan of Devin Townsend for some time now. I didn't really listen to Strapping Young Lad, like a lot of people probably have. Um, and Devin Townsend kind of really kind of came around my radar probably in the the late in the early twenty tens, um, when I had heard um, Epic Epic Cloud, which came out in twenty twelve. Um, and then I kind of went backwards, and I, this is the Devin Townsend project. There's going to be a lot of confusing kind of terminologies this was this band he had together um where the album i'm talking about today light work is just devin townsend um but i really fell in love with with the the stuff that came out previously so, so ghost um deconstruction and addicted um for the devin townsend project um and i would even say that ghost 
is probably a really reminiscent of of light work. Uh, but going back to Devin Townsend, <laughs> um, which see this, I'm jumping around a lot. Mm-hmm. A lot of people really love Ocean Machine, Biomech, which is the album that really put him on the map when he went solo um, from Strapping and Glad in 1997. But that being said, him coming to Lightwork feels like a combination of, like I was saying earlier, with Deconstructed and, um, and also Key. And then put that together with his side pro- another side project he was in called Casualties of Cool, hmm. which is a country, uh, space, like almost like a space country um, duet, um, which he did with, um, let's see, I'm trying to remember her name. It's, it's, it's Che Amy or Amy Che. Um, I feel bad that I don't have this off the top of my head, but regardless, that album was like one of my favorite albums when it came out. It, it, it blew me away with just how light it was, but also how inviting and how relaxing the sound really, you know, presented itself. And so going back, like I was saying, with, with light work, which I've been dancing around for a bit, um, that's what makes this thing so special. I mm-hmm. didn't, ex- I, I, you know, I knew there was a Evan Townsend record coming out yeah. when, you know, this was announced. And then I, I kind of waited. I didn't listen to any singles or anything like that. I waited till it came out. And then I put on the first track, which is Moon People. And Moon People caught me almost immediately. Um it's it's one where it definitely has those bombastic moments that Devin Townsend is really known for. Yeah. He is a guy who is a progressive metal genius, in my opinion. He's a guy who can put together a very symphonic sound in a progressive metal sense and then um, have a very theatrical sound to it as well. It, it almost feels like it's, it's like a musical of sorts with a lot of his music. Um, he can be really goofy, but he can also be really serious and also like very sincere and that's exactly what this album is it's like the most sincere like one of the most sincere albums i've heard from him um but going from that moon people song to light worker that's when i was sold that this album is going to be one of those relaxing ones where i can easily just like float on a river and be like just transported away mm-hmm. and yeah like i said this is this is a band that just like relax take your time breathe realize that like you know life's good that's that's what this album is and i really really love it and i cannot stress how much fun and relaxing this album is yeah for people so check out light work if you've not heard it yeah that um i think it's important to have you know to balance out all of the uh the aggression of metal with something that you know allows you to kind of decompress like uh like that one sounds like it has yeah i think you'd dig it uh yeah yeah, so and if anyone is a fan of devon townsend obviously you know exactly what you're getting into yeah the only only devon townsend album i've listened to is the one he did from 2019 i don't remember what it was called but i thought it was pretty interesting um definitely outside of my normal listening but i appreciated the ambition of it so yeah i've seen him live um before and he's he's a lot of fun nice he's i think he's definitely like one of the 
most fun people in metal. Yeah. And um, yeah, there's there's I mean he's just a really smart dude. Too. Yes. So anyway, yeah, check it out. Alrighty. My number three is one that you just mentioned a minute ago. Oh. Oh. And that is Cave-In, Heavy Pendulum. Um, yeah, I was not super familiar with Cave-In before this album, but I was obviously familiar with um, some of the other projects that the members were involved in, like Stephen Brodsky I know of from uh, Mutoid Man. Um, and of course, Nate Noon came in to sort of fill the spot left by Caleb Schofield and of course uh Nate from Converge is uh you know Converge is my favorite band so won't really need to go into that because <laughs> I've already done that at length on this podcast but yeah so while not really knowing about Cave-In's sound specifically I was still very in- much anticipating this album um just considering who was involved um and uh yeah i was just really blown away by this record like you said it's kind of a miracle that it happened um but yeah it's just one of the most moving uh emotionally charged uh experiences of this year for sure um and plus it's just one of those albums like we've talked about before that just feels like it takes you on like a journey like the album feels like it has like a sort of narrative running through it just from you know each song having like a totally distinct vibe and sound and it feels like it's played where it is placed in the track listing is very important for the the whole so yeah it has that quality and plus just the songs are just like so catchy mm-hmm. and so memorable mm-hmm. like uh you know we kick it off with new reality. New reality is just which like, is, it's playing in my head this entire time you've been talking. Yeah, it's just like it's such an earworm, but it's just you know got great riffs. Uh, Stephen Brodsky has become like a really great singer over the years. Like uh, his work in new in Mutoid Man is really exceptional, and uh, yeah, you he just has so much personality and charisma in his voice that I really love a lot. Um. But then they also, you know, have those, like, heavier, sludgier moments, like on Blood Spiller. Um, but then, of course, they can kind of take it back and do, like, something more ballad-like. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, Blinded by a Blaze. Um, and then you get to the, fi- the the grand finale, which is, like, this opus of a song, Wavering Angel, which I was just, like, really stunned by when I first heard it. Um uh, it's it just has that epic closer feel to it that not many bands really try to attempt at least not in this like traditional sense um and uh yeah i just really loved what they did on this uh, this album um it's remarkable yeah um yeah i'm really glad it exists and uh yeah it's a special one and yeah, I think that sums it up. Yeah, R.I.P. and long live, you know, Caleb Schofield and mm-hmm. also Cave-In. Oh, yeah, absolutely. 
All right, down to number two. Number two. To my favorite death metal record of the year. Whoa. I know, death metal's this far. Death metal. It's death metal. It's a band that I've loved for a long time, and we were able to see them a few years ago, actually. And I'm talking about Revocation with Netherheaven. Uh-huh. And, man, this is a band that I just, I, I mean, I, I fell in love with back in, like, 2011, listening to Chaos of Forms, uh, then going back <laughs> to Existence is Futile, which is a, probably one that I listened, I spent a lot I spend it all the time, um, but yeah, I, I, yeah, they've they've been so consistent. They they've been putting out records left and right um, <laughs> since that time. Uh, they've they've done eight now, which is just insane to me. With a, a really remarkable EP too, and um, Terogenesis, which they did with um, Scion AV, mm. which the car company Scion. <laughs> right. Yeah, apparently they had they had this these these EPs that they had with bands. That's weird. Which is crazy. Yeah. Um, but yeah, uh, great, great, out, great EP. One of my favorite EPs. Um, it's got a really cool bug on the front. So check it out. It's really good. Um, but going to Nether Heaven. And, you know, I, this is a band, like, I haven't really been, like, super following them for a bit. Because, you know, 2018 was the last thing that they put out, which was The Outer Ones, which was actually the most kind of, kind of death metal tinged like it's almost like a cosmic death metal yeah thing that they were kind of going for um whereas in the past it's been a little bit more groove oriented a little bit more um thrash thrash plus it just it's something that's more like maybe memorable and less muddy and less you know raw sounding a little bit more clean and pristine and technical yeah um but they they've kind of gotten the heavier darker route lately and Nether Heaven continues down that path, uh, in a way, and uh, just brings you know all these really heavy hitting tracks that um, you know just just one after the other just keeps hitting you and hitting you. There's only nine tracks here, um, and and uh, and I will say that the the one that really sticks out to me the most, um, kind of just you know mentioning you know I know I mentioned uh, with Caven earlier uh, a truly special. Uh, album here um, it's actually one of the last tracks that Trevor from the Black Dahlia murder um, was was able to record before he passed away and this is re-crucified and um, he actually did this alongside not just Dave from Revocation but uh, Corpse Grinder from Cannibal Corpse uh, yeah. and so this is this is a an amazing end to an album yeah. because you have you know, three really distinct voices, legends in their own, own right, all coming together to, you know, put this big wall of sound in, in your face um, to a song called Recrucified, which is amazing because it's exactly what all of them have so much fun doing. Yeah. Um, t- you know, talking about <laughs> these, these death metal, um, these lyrics that are like anti-Christian, but also at the same time, you know, are a little bit more on the like horror movie side of things. Yeah. Um, and it's just this really, I mean, that's, that's the reason why death metal is so much fun. And I, I'm sure a lot of you listening understand that too. Like, you know, to me, this is a lot of, this is fiction for me. Um, but like, it's just so much fun to kind of like see 
brutality mixed with fantasy. Yeah. And like and put this all together in a blender and you get, you know, this these wonderful performances um, you know, coming from a, a great band like Revocation. Uh, and then eventually, you know, getting these awesome spotlights as well from, you know, two two legends. Um, but like I said, besides just that track alone, this album really does um, offer a lot. And it's one that is, I've spun the most, except for my number one, which I haven't got to. Um, this is the album I've, I just spun over and over and over again. I just had so much fun with it and mm. I, I can't stop listening to it. So if you have a chance to listen to Revocation, it's a little bit more on probably the accessible death metal side, but I, I absolutely love it and I highly recommend it. Yeah, that's a great album. Um, yeah, they they were great when we saw them live, and back then I was definitely not that familiar with them. But yeah, this is their first release since around that time, and uh, yeah, it it really uh, definitely won me over for sure. Um, yeah, and I think they kind of continue that more like death metal centric sound uh, from their last one on to here. And, uh, yeah, it's a, it's just a fucking blast. Yeah. It's dirtier, it's grittier and they're, and they seem to be having it's evil. They, they, well, they seem to be having an evil time with it. So mm-hmm. yeah, that's my number two. What about you? Hell yeah. All right. My number two, this is around the time in the list where we start to get a little sentimental. Mm-hmm. Sort of like we did last time, uh, when we counted down our best of 2012, um, so over the past couple years, um, you know, I'm definitely not the only one uh, that has found them to be uh, considerably challenging years <laughs> uh, for many reasons that I won't really get into. But, uh, you know, rough times. But something that I have kind of done during those years as like a you know, just like, I don't know, a change was, I started listening to a lot more classic heavy metal, like a lot of stuff from the 70s and 80s. I remember there was like almost like a personal project I started, which I like, like a lot of those uh, didn't really finish, but (laughs) that's okay. But where I basically was just like, I'm going to listen to all of the, the best heavy metal albums of all time from, uh, in chronological order from the first Black Sabbath album to like the end of the eighties or whatever. And, uh, though I did not get super far in doing it, (laughs) I still, it's long. Yeah. I still had a really great time doing it and I've really gained like a really big affection for that style of music. Um, just for the fact that compared to any other kind of music or any kind of, music that identifies as metal it's the kind that makes me feel the most lifted like it's the kind that lifts my spirits more than you would expect um you know a, a metal album or metal albums to to do and you know that was something that i was definitely in need of a lot of uh times throughout these last few years and so that's why my number two and number one are both heavy metal albums and my number two is the first and that one is sonia 
loud arriver now this was an album that i first heard when it came out back in like august it was released by cruz del sur which is a really great label for this style of music um and when I listened to it at the time, I thought, yeah, this is really cool, really good. I'm enjoying it a lot. But then months later, I went back to it. And then when I went back to it, that's when I got like obsessed. <laughs> I got obsessed with this thing. Um, it is, you know, obviously traditional heavy metal with, with uh, like a post-punk goth. Uh, glam kind of edge to it it has these sort of different tones in there um and it just all kind of culminates to like this one like very specific very unique sound uh that i just absolutely loved and just like i said just got obsessed with and just like i listened to this like the amount that I listened to this towards, like, the end of this year, like, made it to where it was, like, at the top of, like, my, like, towards the top of, like, my, uh, you know, like, wrap-up on, mm-hmm. like, the streaming platform I use. So, yeah. It's an absolutely incredible album. Um, this band, I really cannot wait to see where they go from here. Um I really want to see them live because their music uh, and just like how fun and like triumphant and just like awesome it is. Like they just, it just sounds like how I would, how I envision their live shows. They just sound like they would be just the most fun thing ever. Um, So yeah, I absolutely love this band. This is my favorite debut album of the year. And uh, yeah, it's it's fucking great. It's exactly what I needed to hear this year. Hmm. Sonia, Loud Arriver. I have not heard it, so I will have to check it out. Me yeah. Sounds like uh, um, like a good time. Oh, yeah. So Absolutely. Yeah. Well, you ready, Joey? <sighs> Number one time. It's the time. All right. The album I've listened to the most this year mm-hmm. was actually the first album I listened to this entire year. <laughs> One of them that like came out hella early, Ooh. and I was very much anticipating. Did not expect it to be. I mean, I I did expect. Okay, you're, you're I'm wrong. I did expect <laughs> this to be something that I was very much into. Yeah, I didn't expect it to continue being something that would bring me so much joy and then also at the same time just like be perfect for what I care about yeah and I'm talking about Cult of Luna's The Long Road North yes this is a band that I've fallen in love with I mentioned Isis earlier um actually Isis is probably the reasons I actually even found this band um, back when I was really getting into post metal and this this genre in general, um, just getting lost in these worlds. I, I I've mentioned we lost the sea in the past. Yeah, bands like that really speak to me emotionally. Um, 
and Copaluna is, is no different. And they're a band that has consistently, in fact, this is, <laughs> I, I feel like this is like the last remaining titan of this genre. Yeah. Um, because, I mean, besides the ocean, probably, which is uh, an also an incredible band. I can't wait for what they're going to be putting out soon because they just put out a single and uh, nice. a new album's coming out soon. Anywho, Cult of Luna, really important band to me. It's it's a band that I, I, I've, I've fallen in love with uh, numerous times. I have a lot of their records on vinyl. Um, I've also listened to all their records multiple times. Um, in fact, there's, there's, there's a two-parter, Vertical and Vertical Part 2, which actually you can sync up with the movie Metropolis, Fritz Lang's Metropolis. They did this on, somebody did this on YouTube and it looks, and it just, it's just a perfect, you know, combination. And like, as somebody who is, I am, I, I love film. Yeah. There, this is a cinematic band. This yes. is a band that really shines with the fact that they really know how to play with atmosphere. They really know how to play with, tones Mm -hmm. and they really know how to play in a way that really can get you whoever's listening to their stuff lost in whatever world they're in no matter how loud or how soft and quiet they can be because (laughs) we've seen this band in fact this was actually the last band that we saw before uh, before the the bad times the shit hit the shit hit the fan in 2020 as a lot of us all remember And I, this is actually one of my most memorable concerts of like of all time. Yeah, because this. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. I was gonna say, just uh, it, I, I this was a bucket list band for me. Yeah. I really wanted to see them, and seeing them, I'm just like in. <laughs> I just got lost in the whole experience, and uh, I, I mean, I look at, I have some Snapchat like memories <laughs> that I actually like. I watch sometimes just to be like. Man, what an incredible night! Because like I mean, yeah. I, I I just I, I I think about that night a lot. Yeah, yeah that <clears throat> that set I think is for sure one of the best live sets I've ever seen. Um, for me, uh, yeah, it's just a just such a powerful performance. Just like you know, and like that's the kind of band that you would want to see live because like. Yeah, that's you know you might, you may really love them uh, on record, but when you see that happen right before your eyes, it's like it's like a whole new level. Yeah, um, and I don't think I've even mentioned <clears throat> like their their opening track on this, which is just like one of the best tracks of the year. Period. Like mm-hmm. I don't matter who you are, Cold Burn is like a track that is so immense and so like glacial and intense that it's it's it's, it hits you and hits you and hits you over and over again for like 10 minutes yeah and it it's one that just like i just get goosebumps talking about it because i am just like i i think about like the tones of what it's it's trying to convey but like i said it is this goes into so many different other elements you know um where there are there are moments where it gets incredibly quiet and incredibly cathartic and very um meditative yeah um and it it, i feel like cult of luna is only getting better like which is just insane to me because i feel like they've been 
an incredible band their entire existence yeah. since the early 2000s. Yeah. Um, they haven't put out a bad record, um, which is just astounding to me um, that they've been this consistent. Because they, they put out, actually, they put out an EP, The Raging River, yeah. the year before The Long Road North came out, which was two years before Dawn, of Fear, or Dawn to Fear, which was an, the album that we kind of followed the up on. Um, and then, you know, six years before that, they put out Vertical, which I mentioned earlier, um, and Vertical 2 the year after. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, this, and yeah. Mariner. Don't forget. Can't forget about Mariner. Oh, and yeah, Mariner with Julie yeah. Christmas, which isn't that's probably up in here. That's probably my favorite thing that they've done. Yeah, um, which is one of the best collaborations I've ever heard. Yeah, absolutely. Um, talk about something that initially I was like, I don't know what this really is going to be. And then it just it fits. Yeah, it just works so well. Yeah, it, it's just a band that I, I'm in love with. Um, these Swedes are just the, like some of my favorite people um, when it comes to the, the music that they make. Yeah, and something that I really loved about this album um, is you know, sort of like how they collaborated with Julie Christmas on that album. Um, they brought in like those guest contributors for The Long Road North, uh, especially with Colin Stetson, who is a musician that I I really like. I really love his work, um, his uh, his film scores that he's done over the years. Like uh, he did the score for Hereditary, uh, to name one. But yeah, his, uh, his saxophone uh, definitely adds uh, quite a bit to this. And the other guest contributors as well, who... The names of which I, I cannot recall, but yeah, I think the way that this band like likes to collaborate and likes to invite people to add to their sound and like make it, make this particular record into something different and something that stands apart from what they've done previously, I think is really cool. And it's just, uh, you know, one of the many great aspects about them. Yeah. It's and I, I also didn't. I don't think I mentioned that. I, I don't know much about it, but I know there's a video game aspect to this as well. Oh yeah. <laughs> Actually, yeah. Um, look into that, other people who are listening to this. I <laughs> I haven't really dove, delved too deep into it, but there's like a, homework. There's a visual um, video game aspect to this, which is really unique. Um, but yeah, no, Cult of Luna. This is this is my favorite record of the year. It came out really early. But it's one that stuck with me. It's something I can't get out of my head. And it's probably something I'm going to be listening to on the way home. Yeah. Um, a, long road, a, a, a long road north <laughs> is worth every ounce uh, of your of your attention. And I, I hope that... Um, it's worth the journey. Yeah, I hope you enjoy it. And uh, yeah, that's my uh, top 20 of the year. Hell yeah, dude. What's your what's your number one, dude? Dude. What is it? Um Well I gotta tell you something, dude. Uh my number one uh like I had mentioned before uh two heavy metal albums top my list. This one, if uh you're doing the math at home and you're thinking, huh, what's another heavy metal album that came out this year that was a big deal? Well, chances are that album that you uh, 
would have come to mind as the one that is my number one. And that is Sumerlin's with Dream Killer. And now Sumerlin's is a project that is mainly like a super group of different people, uh, spearheaded by Arthur Rizik, who some of you may know as one of the best producers in metal right now. Um, he's worked with a lot of great bands. He produced the Sonya album, which was I just mentioned. He produced the uh, the Municipal Waste album that came out this year. I'm pretty sure he also did the Creator album that came out this year as well. Um, yeah, he's just one of those guys that everyone kind of, it seems like, wants to work with at the moment. And I also love his other band, Eternal Champion. Um, so, yeah, I'm, I'm very much into anything that he does or is involved with. And he, along with uh, Justin Detour, who you might know from Innumerable Forms and Dream Unending, uh, he does the drums here. And, yeah, uh, this is their, this project's second album, their first being from 2016, with a different vocalist. Uh, the name of him escapes me at the moment, but he is the vocalist from Atlantean Codex, Phil Swanson. And uh, I really love that 2016 album as well, but for Dream Killer, they brought in Brandon Radigan of Magic Circle, which is a really incredible doom band, a traditional doom. Um, and uh, yeah, his vocal performance on here is a huge reason why I love this album so much. Um, there's just such a sincerity and like real like heart in the way that he sings and plus his range is just unbelievable. I have no idea how this, this guy sings the way that he does, but yeah. Um, and the reason why this album managed to to be so high on this list is because, you know, even though it came out in September, uh, it still has found a way to be sort of a part of my listening throughout the entire year, because towards the beginning of 2022, they released a, a one-off single uh, with a B-side that was a cover of a Fleetwood Mac song, I'm So Afraid. And the, the first single from the album uh, was also a part of that, like, little one-off release at the beginning of the year which was the song heavens above which is the second track on this on the album and um i just listened to i feel like i listened to both that song and the fleetwood back cover i think like pretty much every day <laughs> like around the time that it came out just because like i had said before like this kind of music like when I need to have my spirits lifted, um, if I need to really like feel alive, um, this is kind of what does it for me more than just about anything else really. And um, Heavens Above, I feel like it's a, a song that you would absolutely hear on the radio in like 1984. Uh, like it would be like a smash hit at that time. Uh, and uh, yeah. Um, and I think, like, the really special thing about this album is it feels like all of the guys that came together in this band to create it, it feels like they have, like, such a 
affinity and true love for this style and this era of metal. And they calibrated this record so perfectly to emulate that, that it feels absolutely like if this album came out during that time, it would be a classic that we would be talking about with the same kind of reverence that we have for, you know, records from bands of that time. Mm -hmm. Like, I feel like it stands quality wise of the songs and um and even though it still stays like very much like you know it doesn't feel it's like a gimmicky uh you know it doesn't feel gimmicky or like they're just replicating it uh in that way like every song still feels very distinct um and every song still feels like it brings something new to the table and it just makes for such an engaging listen from front to bottom. And yeah, this album is just, it's the one that I listened to the most from myself this year. And uh, yeah, I, towards the end of 2022, I was thinking like, man, I think this has to be it. It feels kind of weird that it's my number one, but like it, makes the most sense to me because it's the one that I went back to the most and still gives me joy from, you know, even uh, from the first time I heard it up until now. Um, and yeah, I feel like, you know, a, a favorite album of the year for me has to be the one that really feels like it, it hits home the most in that exact moment. And this one certainly is that one for me. And at that time, I was like, man, I feel like I'm going to be <laughs> going to feel like uh, the odd one out having this so high up on their list. But I've seen quite a few other people also have it as their number one, which I think is, you know, it's validating for me. But also, I think it speaks to how how great this album is and just like how much it delivers exactly what you want from this type of music. But it still genuinely has like real emotion and real heart and like feelings that definitely resonate to, to now and not just uh, of the, the retro-ness of what it sounds like. So yeah, it's a really special one for me. And uh, yeah, it deserves a chance for sure. I need to give it a chance because I have not heard this, but... Uh... Yeah, just based on kind of the the thoughts you've had on it and like I said, the experiences that you've had. These you know, these, these top two, honestly, um, which heavy metal in general is not something of a genre like that I listen to as much mm-hmm. um, in the traditional sense. So um, I'm very excited to to check both these out and um, you know give them the care and attention that they deserve. So. Yeah. Well, that's it, everyone. Oh, we done it. We, we done it. it now. What about you? What's your favorite? Yeah. Tell us right now. We're listening. Really? That's interesting. Huh. Okay. Tell us more. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> Thanks so much for listening. Um, yes. Yeah. It's, it's been a blast talking about 2022. And uh, it's been a great year. Yeah. For music. <laughs> for me. That's the, yeah. That's for the, music. Let me say Gotta that. attack that on. <laughs> for music. 
but yeah, I I agree. It's been a lot of fun kind of reliving uh, uh, this past year in music. Um, and now that we have completed the task at hand, it's time to discuss what the future uh, will bring for our, our first genre essentials miniseries. Genre. It's a genre. I think it's very appropriate that your number one album of the year was a post-metal album. Mm-hmm. Because in February, we're going to be doing our post-metal essentials miniseries. It's time to get sad, but you're gonna have to be you're gonna have to be sad for a long time because these album these songs are and albums are long. They're long. They're sad. Uh, they're long and sad. Uh, they're good uh, walking albums. So if you like me or someone that likes to go on long walks, uh, download these suckers and uh, spin them on the go because uh, I think yeah they they work really well for you in that setting. For sure. But anyway, let's run through our slate here. On February 3rd, for part one, we're going to be talking about Isis, Panopticon, and Neurosis through Silver and Blood. On February 10th, for part two, we'll be talking about Cult of Luna with Somewhere Along the Highway and The Ocean with Precambrian. On February 17th, part three, we have... Amin-Ra with Mass 4, and We Lost the Sea with Departure Songs. And then to cap it all off, on February 24th, Part 4, we have The Fire in Our Throats Will Beckon the Thaw from Pelican and Russian Circles Station. I'm excited because uh, yeah. these are definitely bands that I have listened to for quite some time, so I'm... I'm very curious to, to have some fresh ears on them. Yeah, this is another one of your zones. Mm-hmm. Like a prog metal is your your big zone. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, and I would say post metal is is the other one that yeah. I, I have. Like post and prog are like my my two faves. Oh yeah. So I'm excited. Yeah. So that'll be a fun one. Uh, we're both obviously looking forward to it. And uh, we'd love to know what you think of the slate. Let us know if you're excited for these episodes. Uh, we obviously encourage you to listen along with us uh, to make it a more interactive experience. And of course, give us a follow over at Scouring Pod on Instagram and on Twitter. And yeah, we shall see you next time for Through Silver and Blood and Panopticon. Have fun and bye-bye. Goodbye, you.